0: This you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you guide us Preaching about prophets It ain't no one man can stop us Bow down to a goddess Bow down to a goddess Bow down to a goddess It ain't no one man can stop us Bow down to the goddess Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour, your podcast to encourage, empower, and educate you on your path through womanhood. I'm your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey, founder and director of Strong Women Co., a global and interactive company here to help you be your strongest, healthiest, and happiest self. You can check us out at strongwomenco.com, check out our programs and uh, online workshops. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram for your daily dose of empowerment and inspiration. Now, wow. Thank you for being with us here today. What a couple of weeks it has been. Um, I know it's a worldwide kind of shock
1: that we are still kind of absorbing Um, I'm doing this right now. As of recording, it is March 29th to be released. Uh, uh, Tomorrow is the podcast. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, I know that um, uh, you will be able to relate to many of the things that I'm going to talk about today because we're all going through it together. Uh, And and that's just really uh, the reality and um, if you, it feels really good actually to uh, be recording a podcast again. It's, almost, it feels just, it's amazing how things that are, you know, quote unquote normal or regular can feel uh, like a relief uh, because we are just so kind of still in the reality of shock and grief and the aftermath of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So why don't we um, just start this, start it off right with um, uh, a few nice deep breaths and centering uh, breaths because I certainly could use them before I talk to you about all the things I want to talk to you about today. Um, and these things that we have to talk about today are very important, but it's these breaths that I need as well. And I, I guess that you could, uh, you could probably benefit from them as well. So if you can, um, close your eyes.
0: Uh, if you're driving, of course, keep them open. But, uh, you know, pull your shoulders back from your ears and uh, relax your jaw, relax the space between your eyes. Notice the cool air coming in through your nose, going out through your nose. Just have a couple of easy breaths. Notice how it feels to just be still for a moment. And now together, we're going to breathe in lightly through our nose and fill up our lungs. Hold. And let it out with a sigh. You're do two more of those. A Couple of easy breaths in between. Mm, nice good sigh feels good, doesn't it? Okay, now we're going to breathe in lightly in through our nose, filling our lungs as comfortably full as we can. Hold. Enjoy the stillness. Let it out with an even bigger sigh. A <sighs> couple easy breaths. Notice how just a couple of deep breaths and sighs. And feel like you feel grounded more relaxed more at ease now i want you to visualize picking up all the different traces of yourself
1: that you've left different kind of psychological traces, emotional traces all those
0: pieces of you left out in the world pull that all in nice and tight so you are this beautiful whole being and we're going to breathe in through our nose lightly Hold and out with the biggest sigh that you can muster. (sighs) All right, let's do this. Okay,
1: yes, so I am not in my usual studio uh, today. And I have to say, um, I'm going to get to a top five ways to um, keep yourself going and in the positive and happy and healthy during this COVID shutdown pandemic. Um, and one of it is to feel your feelings. Uh, so I'm going to feel my feelings and say, I miss my studio. I miss it. I miss the the great uh, technology they have there, I miss the sound, I miss my microphone, I miss my editing software, I miss talking to my the the news manager and the radio station manager and I just miss it and I know you're missing things too and you don't know sometimes until something's taken away as how much you, you really loved it and appreciated. and in this moment I am missing my studio. Uh, so yes I am recording this uh, from my office in my house And I will be getting a uh, fancy new microphone to uh, have some better sound, Uh, so just go with me this week and uh, we will figure this out together. Um, I am missing um, a lot of things that were quote-unquote normal, uh, as I'm sure you are too. Also, in um, full disclosure, I had actually recorded, uh, this is my second attempt to record this uh, part of the podcast I had recorded it um, and gone through it uh, yesterday, and uh, not being used to this kind of different software, I didn't save it, <laughs> and um, uh, and then my computer shut down, um, and so here I am again. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I've only got limited time. I am full-time solo parenting, um, and uh, I only had that hour and 15 minutes to, uh, well, my little girl watched a show so I am doing this again and I just want to acknowledge that um, during this time um, doing quote-unquote things that are just your normal work things it it can cause a lot of anxiety Um, and when this uh, when I realized an hour's worth or so of work of editing was uh, just totally deleted uh, yesterday um, I just had to close up my computer I decided it was wine (laughs) o'clock I had I had earned my glass of Pinot Grigio um, and then I had to uh, get on supper and then the bedtime routine and, uh, and all of that. So just a shout out that um, doing things right now is hard. And, uh, and then it's the things that don't go your way uh, like, the, like that uh, that can really put you over the edge. Uh, You know, it's the things when the vacuum starts working, stops working or the washer breaks or those are the real things that like you, you know, you're dealing with it. You got this low grade kind of anxiety and and just frustration and fear. And it's those things like uh, that, that don't work, that you're depending on that can really push you over the edge. So I just want to give a shout out and acknowledgement uh, for any of those feelings that you are feeling during this stressful and challenging time. Um, So, uh, let's do this, let's get into the topic of the show, Uh, we are all in this together, and I really, really mean that, and it's kind of funny for me to say this, and I may have even had a show titled similarly in the past, I don't remember exactly, Uh, definitely with a similar kind of theme, but this is generally how I feel, Um, I'm a Libra, we're all about relationships, But um, I I just like my politics, my worldview has always been um, a holistic, we're in this together uh, kind of perspective. And um, I was putting a lot of thought into uh, how this is a worldwide phenomenon. And, And it's fascinating because, you know, even though we are actually physically distant from one another, which, by the way, I think is a way better term than social distancing. We are physically distant from one another. We are separated by actual, you know, uh, physicality, but we are all going through this together, um, and that's so fascinating. Um, and and you know, it's, it, it's it's something we've never really done anything together. Uh, there's seven billion people in the world going through this. Um, it is it is something. There's this is a beautiful opportunity uh, for us to see our commonness and our interconnectedness and everything that goes with that. And, uh, I have to say, uh, it, it's, it's actually really refreshing and encouraging to, to remember that we're all in this together. Uh, and uh, one, one, a couple of days ago when, uh, we were trying to get, um, uh, Justin home. Oh, I haven't, I have to tell you that whole story cause you haven't heard it yet. Cause I had the other recording deleted. Oh, calm blue ocean. Uh, but, uh, so, As I, before I get into all over the place, uh, I was on the phone with a woman in the Philippines, um, a few days ago to try to get a hotel room, uh, for my husband who was traveling and, uh, she was so sweet and so amazing and, uh, very, very, she could hear the panic in my voice and, and waited on the line for a long time, um, while he was trying to check in and, uh, I, we just started talking. And um, I was like, where are you, you know? And, and she, she was just, she was a mom in the Philippines. She had all the same worries and stresses and just kind of awe that I had. And um, we had this amazing moment together, um, and, you know, and she was talking about how, how Mother Earth had been kind of like, you know, reclaiming space. And, and uh, it was just so, such an amazing way to connect to an absolute and utter stranger who uh, was on the other side of the world going through exactly, like her kid was screaming in the background, as you may scare Violet, um, you know, at some point during this pod, uh, but anyway, so uh, I just, uh, forgive me for uh, if I'm more uh, scattered than usual, I am going to forgive myself as well, and I hope you forgive yourself for not being necessarily on your A-game, there's a new normal now, and uh, we've got to go with the flow, and you know, not everything's going to be perfect, and in a lot of cases, it just needs to get done. So, just going to break it down because I think that every, for me personally, and tell you what's going on, um, because I think everybody is in this boat of uh, kind of bewilderment, bafflement, and a lot of people are having to make very hard decisions. So me personally, if you are a long-time listener to the show, or or at least listened to the last couple, you will know that uh, we were uh, planning, and are still planning, uh, to move to the Netherlands. My husband had um, uh, moved to the Netherlands at the end of February. We had had a uh, a serious discussion before he left, uh, you know, February 20-something, Um, we had the discussion because we had listened to the news and understood the math and, you know, our political podcasts were telling us how this was going to be a very disruptive event, but, uh, you know, even with the math, um, and the science, it just seemed too surreal to be real. And, uh, so of course, you know, we had to have the hard discussion of what's going to happen if a global pandemic breaks out and we're in separate continents. So of course he got on the plane you know we i I went full force into getting the house ready to sell i was working 18 hours a day just doing everything you know from the cleaning and the painting touch ups and all of that um to get pictures like you know these are all just the checklist we're moving through on our checklist and uh every day we had to have the hard hard uh discussion decision Uh, we were pouring over the news and the numbers and the theories and the actual data, and, and uh, the risks, uh, and we just, you know, every day, we, it was a very hard decision, and my husband had just started a new job. Uh, he was only there a week, when um, everybody in the Netherlands was sent home to do work from home, um, and he's continued to do that, um, and it got to a he, of course, he had issues, you know, concerns with like his work visa, and probation, and all that, and um, eventually, we came to the decision as uh, borders were closing, Um, and flights were drying up, uh, that, uh, you know, he hopped, there was no flights from Amsterdam to Canada left. So he hopped a train to Frankfurt, you know, mask on all that and a couple planes home And so he is actually, uh, shout out to my husband, Justin, uh, who is in quarantine right now. I think it's 10 days as the point of recording that you have left. And uh, please the goddess, uh, everything will work out. He's feeling strong and good and still doing great work from home. So a whole different kind of layer of stress left me when he entered the island. Um, And I knew he was here because it was really terrifying, the thought of... Having to ride out a pandemic, uh, you know, separated, and uh, it was it was really it was definitely some of the hardest decisions, probably the hardest decisions of our of our lives of of, of what to do, and um, here we are, and so that's my version of difficult decisions. Other difficult decisions I've heard people talk about, you know. Um, when to close their businesses, especially if the government hadn't specifically talked about it in their industry and, you know, worrying about putting their staff at risk, worrying about there not being in business to go back to. So there's just, it's a series of impossible decisions. Everybody's in Sophie's Choice mode, it seems, um, in one way or another. So again, I want to acknowledge that. I want to acknowledge the difficult choices, impossible seeming choices that we've had to make um, and from from this crisis, is it, it, there's, there's a there's a lot of pain, but there's also a lot of important gifts. And so what we're starting to realize is um, the old ways weren't working. And and we had this kind of like understanding in some kind of level, but you know there was just kind of this underlying. Well, it's always the way it's ever always been. Kind of uh, undercurrent that was really hard to to shake. And it is only in time of absolute crisis like this do we genuinely uh, change, because of course we're forced to. But uh, the old ways weren't working. Running ourselves into the ground was not working. Uh, treating the way Mother Earth, the way we have been, is, is not working. Not acknowledging our own fragility, uh, not acknowledging our own interconnectedness of the globe, not acknowledging that we have to work better together—it was just—it was just not working. Um, and I think. A lot of people. I want. I want to uh, walk both sides of this as as as, I, as we talk today, and and I want to talk about the positive, but I also because this is an empowering podcast. This is designed to empower you. But if you are a longtime listener, you will know that I believe true empowerment comes with from truth. You know, yes, we'll we'll focus on the good, and I'll get to the five tips. Um, of what, what to do to, to make the best out of this uh, pandemic in, in just a minute. But, um, you know, we have, to, we have to be honest with ourselves. And so uh, I'm going to talk about the, the good uh, and then some of the, the bad and uh, just some of the just general kind of discussion um, that I think we want to hear. Uh, I, I, I've been asking all kinds of people what they want to talk about on this, and I've uh, taken those, that list of things, and um, here we go. So, um, what I find very fascinating is when I talked about how we're all in this together and, and, you know, if you want to look at uh, our movies or even kind of our books, um, that are very popular, we had a lot of narratives about, um, uh, different kind of big bads coming in and making us stop fighting each other and to work towards the big bad, um, you know, and, and I, I, I think of like Independence Day, that movie, um, or even like 2012 or, you know, all, all of these different kinds of like giant crisis movies that were in, in, particularly in Independence Day, it was like a aliens that were coming in from outer space. And and uh, we had to stop fighting each other and fight them. And, and that's how we became like a, a global community. And, and uh, uh, I think we had that kind of narrative in our heads. Uh, And I think we're kind of still those same people uh, that we were when, you know, we looked to the sky gods and we just thought, you know, there's so much bigger out there. We totally ignored the science of uh, and to to not look at the micro. And honestly, I think we were a little bit too arrogant to not look more closely at what we already had here uh, that could uh, potentially make everything screech to a halt and and to make us work together as as a people. Um, You know, but I found it fascinating. Um, Last week, the UN had put out a general ceasefire for all countries uh, to call for the stopping of the the, um, wars against one another, because every country is now in a dire strait of trying to, um, you know, different words, flatten the curve, plank the curve, reduce the numbers so that um, uh, we're not overwhelmed by this illness and the the consequences such as death that occurs from it. So, you know, there's this kind of amazing opportunity we have here uh, to remind ourselves, to see how connected we are to, to work on something together. And maybe not it's not aliens from outer space, but it is still something that we're all going through. And then if we ignore or if we fight each other as opposed to um, uh, combating this illness together, we will not survive. And there's something beautiful and poetic, and and very upsetting, and and there's a, a lot of feelings going on in this. Um, but it, if nothing else, this is an opportunity for us to change. And there isn't a person on this world who thinks that there isn't going to be massive, huge change from this. You know, and there's there's a level of simultaneous appreciation of of just what's going on, and appreciation of, of, of our government stepping up, or, or appreciation of our neighbors, appreciation of the, the time, uh, of, we have more reduced lists to do, and then there's a simultaneous horror of the enormities of what we're facing. Uh, and it's just, it's this oh, this juxtaposition of the two together, the, the appreciation and the horror, has just put us in awe. We're in shock and awe still because I I just talking to so many people, it's like, I can't believe it. I can't believe we're here because it is very, very shocking. So before I get into the good and the bad all this, I want to give you five tips on what you can do to make this uh, positive or, you know, the most positive you can, um, out of the, this pandemic, this shutdown, this isolation, quarantine, whatever you are in. And just a shout out to the folks in self-isolation and quarantine. Um, you know, just make sure you reach out to people every day. There's a lot of evidence that this is going to be, uh, very hard, very damaging, um, psychologically and emotionally. Uh, and of course it is. Um, and, uh, Oh, just one more thought. We cannot have shame. And, and, and uh, uh, around those who do get COVID-19 uh, and even those who, who spread it. No one's doing this on purpose. So we have to remove the guilt and the shame of becoming sick over, because, you know, it's, there's no one's fault. It's no one's fault. Um, and a lot of people who are in quarantine are kind of living in fear of guilt or shame of getting sick. And we just need to totally eradicate that and um, realize that we are in this together um, and there's no place for guilt or shame in a pandemic. Uh, So five tips you can do to uh, make this as positive as possible um, and as healthy as possible for you. So number one, focus on what you can control. There's a whole plethora of things out there um, in this world that you cannot control. You can't control what your government does. You can't control what your neighbor does. You can't control, um, you know, weather. You can't control the lack of toilet paper in your store. But there are things you can control. You can control what time you get up. You can control, um, you know, what media you let into your psyche. Um, You can control um, uh, what kind of uh, positive words you're allowing into your your your, your mind, what's, what's your self-talk like, you can control how you react to others, uh, you can control how you react to news, you can control, There's certain things that, that you are in control of, and to remind yourself, you know, if you feel like you need alone time to go, you know, get away from your family, or if you need, like, you need to connect, these are all things that are in your wheelhouse, and we need to remind ourselves what you are, you are actually in control of. Uh, so that we we feel like our feet are firmly planted on the ground. So focus on what you can control and and let go of what you can't. That's number one. Number two, let yourself feel what you you feel. Uh, There's no sense in bottling up resentment, anger, confusion. You know, uh, feel what you feel, you know, and that includes, you know, if you're your mom like me um, and uh, you have to cry, uh, you have to cry. And, um, you know, sure, if you really want a good power cry and you don't want to scare your kids, you can, you can try to, um, go off into a corner of a room if you feel like it. But, uh, in, in, in our house, we feel our feelings and we ride them out together, um, whenever we can. So to feel those feelings, not feel ashamed of those feelings, not, not feel like you shouldn't be feeling, you know, uh, to not feel, to feel like you shouldn't be feeling your feelings is, to do a dishonor to yourself. So don't allow it, don't put any blocks in like that. Just let yourself feel what you feel. That's number two. Number three, find comfort in the fact that we are all going through this together. There's a real beauty in this. There's a camaraderie, there's a, there's a, a brother or sisterhood. Uh, there's, there's a magic in all of us going through this together. And you know, there's a collective consciousness that is changing and it will be forever changed because of what we're doing together. There will be so many books. We will talk about this for for generations to come as as the the story of why things changed. And grandma, why do you stock up on toilet paper all the time? Or, you know, like these will be part of, it's part of our history. It's part of our narrative. It's part of our human story that we are all going through this together. Um, And there's something beautiful and comforting uh, in that. Uh, number, that's number three. Number four, uh, physical exercise and fresh air. I mean, I know some of us might not be able to get out uh, and walk if, it, if you can't do your exercise and literally put your head out the window. Uh, we need fresh air in our lungs. We need it for our healthy of our psyche, of our, um, of our health of our body. Um, and you know, it's amazing what 20 push-ups can do, 20 sit-ups, 20 squats. Um, and if you're feeling down and out and you feel like there's a lot of heaviness, you're feeling the stress, um, one of the best ways to, to help that move out of, through your body, help those feelings move, help you process it, help you you let it go. So you're not holding onto it is to move your body. There are a ton of great folks who are doing free online videos, totally planning to, uh, I got my sister. So we'll be connecting and sharing, um, uh, and promoting that work on the strong woman co biz page and strong woman co, uh, tribe. So, you know, find ways to get that physical exercise, make it a priority and the fresh air. And, um, lastly, besides drink your water, drink your water, drink your water. That's like a, that's four, four B (laughs) to physical exercise. Number five, do a gratitude list. Your gratitude list can be first thing in the morning to set for your day or it can be something you do um, at night. But take say, take some minutes, uh, take five, ten minutes and write down everything you're grateful for. It'll shift your perspective. It helps with the collective consciousness and it will help uh, to remind you of, of all the good in the world in a time when you know it's pretty easy to be overwhelmed with everything we're facing so those are the five uh, tips focus on what you can control let yourself feel what you feel find comfort in the fact that we are all going through this together physical exercise and fresh air bracket drink your water and do a gratitude list um those are things that are keeping me um, on the same side of things and I bet they could help you as well so uh, besides that I want to just talk about some of the good things um and then some of the harder things that we are um doing uh going through uh as we go through this together and you know we're starting to see there's, there's so many things so you know good things right off the bat we got more for most people there's more time for family so there's this kind of connection time um you know i see more families out walking together than i think they ever had uh which is kind of you know it's, it's a beautiful thing uh there's time for rest and stillness there's not so much pressure pressure to produce there's an opportunity to reflect and go inward, which is, you know, so helpful in our personal and uh, and group evolution. Uh, we're giving Mother Earth time to heal. And of course, the quest, the the examples a lot of people are seeing is in Venice, the waters ran clean, and dolphins, who are such psychologically psychic beautiful animals the the dolphins came in to the canals in Venice which are usually too dirty to do so it's so fascinating and beautiful wildlife has been quote-unquote invading cities um, you know and there's the reduced carbon emissions so we're, we're starting to see um, you know, how we can change things, how we can change things for the better, and how maybe we don't need to all get in our cars or get on public transit to go to work. And and uh, yeah, maybe there are, there's smarter ways to reduce our carbon footprint and re- reduce the harm that we do. This is a great opportunity to change, address what is not working. Uh, we can see how many people can work from home. Uh, I've talked to a lot of folks and clients in the last few weeks um, who were saying, you know, th- Their employer finally allowed them for all of these things they've been asking for for, for years, uh, like working from home, like different safety protocols. Um, and it's, it's, it's simultaneously, finally, we got it, but then also frustrating that it took this, this kind of level of, of um, possibility of sickness and death to do it. But let's, let's count our blessings and move forward uh, because this is, we are changing. And we are we are all doing uh, this in our own kind of way, but together. And uh, people are finding comfort in, in interesting ways. Um, you know, we are connecting to one another. I've seen um, out of uh, I'm I'm pretty active on Twitter politically. Uh, I'm at Spread the Love Seven. If you want to follow me on Twitter. Um, but I do, that's personal. It's not necessarily for Strong Woman Co. Uh, but uh, I, I have connected to so many people on Twitter that I wouldn't have otherwise connected to. Um, and there's even um, a, a Saturday night um, Zoom happy hour. <laughs> that Women in my area, who many of whom I've hardly known, uh, are doing. So we're connecting in great ways. And also we're starting to see who the real essential workers are. Um, you know, grocery store uh, clerks essential workers, right? Uh, And you know what? They should should be getting uh, more pay, uh, more benefits. And as they're working, they should be getting hazard pay. Uh, But, um, you know, I I, I digress. Uh, But we are starting to see who the actual essential workers are. And I think that we're starting to also see that capitalism does not work. It actually has never worked. Uh, Capitalism works for some while exploiting the earth and everyone else. But capitalism also requires, about every 10 years, a huge um, influx of money um, into the system for it to keep going. We can think about the financial crashes. Every 10 years, there's a financial crash. And the governments have to step in and take taxpayers' money uh, to prop up businesses. And we're seeing this again. So uh, I'm not saying that we're going to necessarily come out with a crystal clear vision of exactly what it should be. Sometimes, just like in our own personal lives, we have to figure out what's not working and what we just can't do anymore before we figure out the actual path to what we should be taking. But um, capitalism is coming down brick by brick. And perhaps we'll get to a place of, of socialist capitalism. Perhaps we'll get to a place of compassionate capitalism. You know, as I'm not I'm not against people. I love the entrepreneurial spirit. I am an entrepreneur. I love having, you know, a, an idea. Someone having an idea and, and having enough confidence to go out there in the market to see if they can, you know, uh, if there's enough people who are interested in it, I think that's beautiful. But what's not working is an exploitation and this uh, massive inequality of wages and, and rights and safety and, and lives and leisure. So, you know, all of that's being eradicated um, and we have to work very, very hard to make sure our governments, we have to keep their feet to the fire and not lose one second of watching them to make sure that this disaster capitalism doesn't come in. So that, you know, um, there is there is a possibility that that uh, companies could just even take a bigger piece of the pie if we're not paying attention. So this is why we are empowered. Seven billion of us uh, realize that uh, we have to do better and we can do better. And um, I believe we will do better uh, it's just, it's just part of our, our evolution. I sincerely believe it. Our spiritual evolution and, and and also our physical evolution. Uh, everyone's going through it. Stress is normal. Grief is normal. There's been a lot of talk about how the different stages of grief. I, I, I found that helpful, uh, to be able to name it. I know a lot of people did, um, because it is grief. Like, you know, I've got grief. I'm not, I'm not moving to the Netherlands in a couple weeks. Uh, you know, my whole, my whole life, the, Everything and there's hardly even anything in the house anymore because I was getting ready to move. Um, and uh, there's just like this whole reset. And um, I've been grieving the life that I thought I was going to have. I've been grieving um, the fact that my family hasn't been together. I'm grieving that I'm not in my wonderful studio right now recording this. Um, there's a lot of grieving to happen, and just to allow space for ourselves is is really key. Um, but crisis op- creates opportunity for people. To also have these altruistic behaviors—that's another really good thing—is um, that folks, folks are stepping up, um, and and that's what's really cool. If you want to look at uh, different histories of, of the world, some of the most beautiful parts of humanity have come from when we um, when we've been really tested, you know. And so you can see, like uh, I loved it when I heard the UK finally had gotten their head on straight. And thank you, Boris. Finally, I guess it took him getting COVID to realize how serious it was. I'm not sure. But um, it was great to see, you know, uh, he put out they put out a call um, for anyone who wants to be a volunteer to help uh, just like they did in wartime. Right. And they were looking for two hundred fifty thousand um, in like a day. They got like four hundred thousand, you know. Like, and it was like those kinds of things. Like, and the volunteers stepping up all over the world. Like, that's the stuff that literally like brings tears to my eyes. Um, because this is the beautiful. It's an opportunity for us to uh, to step up, right? Uh, I'm thinking of a really great book by Rebecca Solnit. It's called A Paradise Built in, Hel- in Hell. <laughs> It's a, it's a really good uh, book, but it specifically um, looks at um, is the extraordinary communities that rise arise in disaster. Uh, it's Rebecca Solnit. Um, totally recommend that. Uh, it, it, this was written, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. But she went around and, and did all kinds of research around disaster and looking for the good in people. And uh, I just love that. And I think we really need to anchor ourselves in that. And that's, again, the choosing what to focus on. So for choosing to focus on the good, to focus on on, on the beautiful parts of humanity that's come, that are coming out right now. Um, you know, the sharing, the, the neighbors looking out for one another, uh, the the um folks who are dropping off meals, the everything like that. Like there's there's so much folks to focus on the good uh that it, it really does fill up my heart. Um and I do see us getting through this and everything, many, many, many things will look different. And that it's going to be hard uh, because change is hard, um, but it, it's going to be for our better. And our children and our grandchildren are going to be uh, a, a greater benefit because of the hardships and the challenges and the heartbreaking, heart-aching realities that we are going through now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, you can choose what you believe, but that is sincerely um, what I believe. So that's the good stuff. Now, I want to just briefly talk about the bad, hard things um, just in a realistic kind of way. I'm just going to take a sip of my tea. Okay, the bad, hard things. (laughs) This is my labeling. (laughs) But I find find it's kind of helpful. It's like when you're looking at the news, it's like, here's the good news. Here's the hard news, right? I won't call it bad. I'll call it hard. Um, So the hard things, hard news. Uh, The hard stuff, the uncertainty. OMG, the uncertainty. Everything is in question: futures, economies, what the world would look like, what what uh, what our businesses, what our what what our education system, what our work life. This is the biggest reset in the history of our species since we've been walking upright. <laughs> so, of course, that is our species. But so so it's of course it is mind blowing. It is baffling. It is scary as hell. Uh, the uncertainty is is really hard and. I, I Uncertainty is hard in, in any kind of stage, in, in, in uh, for any decision making, for any kind of reality, but I would implore us to kind of just like, just swim in the uncertainty for a little bit, just tread water while we figure out exactly what the best ways to go. Other hard things, the stress of getting the virus, oh my goodness. How many of us, every sniff, <laughs> every cough is suspicious? Um, I have to keep reminding myself that um, I just have low-grade allergies, <laughs> and so like when I blow my nose, it's like okay. I was definitely blowing my nose like six weeks ago, when you know, or four weeks ago, because I live in an island where um, the first confirmed COVID case was only a couple weeks ago. Uh, so those, were, those, that's hard. It's hard. To, the hypochondriacs, and every one of us is going out. And again, that's what I want to talk about: removing the shame and guilt um, that we have around this, that, you know, if you get sick, um, it may or may not be COVID, uh, you know, uh, but to, to not, um, to not stress out needlessly over every sniff and cough, just to be smart about it. And, uh, but you know, of course we all have to kind of act like we have it just to contain it, just to be smart about it. The hard things, financial stressors. Oh dear Lord. Um, Money for food, money for rent, mortgages, small businesses are closing and laying people off. The financial stressors are real. That's real, kids. Um, in this current game of capitalism, when money is is king, um, that absolutely is stressful. And I just want to acknowledge how hard that is. And but again, going back to we're all in this together. And if you are in uh, renting or um, uh, you know you have a mortgage. Uh, there are things worldwide and in individual com- uh, countries that, uh, you know, you can't, you can't be thrown out into the streets during a quarantine. So, you know, if your country hasn't stepped up yet, um, you know, start asking questions, start tweeting your government about it um, and, and because this is, we, we all need to stay safe and we all need to stay healthy. And one of the ways is to make sure we know we have a roof over our heads, um, but the financial stresses are real. And that leads to the next hard thing, um, more fighting, uh, more fighting in families, more fighting in, uh, marriages. Um, I will full disclosure, my wonderful partner and I had big fight yesterday. Um, is there's, there's just a lot of stress as a lot of, and, and people are reacting to it differently um, you know, we're, we're good now. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just need to, to get things off your chest to, uh, help each other, see each other's perspectives. But you know, that's the, the, I thought to myself, if, if we were fighting, you know, um, other people are too, because you just, you're, especially if you're in a house together and then there's these looming financial stresses hanging over, um, and you don't know how you're going to make th- the, the next payment or, or what have you. Uh, I will say, you know, so uh, we called our car place and we got our payments deferred for three months. I'm going to look into doing it for our mortgage as well. Uh, These are options to kind of just give you a little bit of breathing space um, because whenever you're, the biggest reason people fight is money. And so with the more fighting, you know, if you're in a healthy relationship, that's hard enough, but I'm really worried about those folks who, uh, are getting abused at home. Um, I'm worried about physical and emotional and financial abuse. Um, I'm worried about increased child abuse. The reality is, uh, cause we live in a capitalist patriarchy. The reality is more women and children are, uh, being abused by, uh, abusive men cause it, it is, it is abusive men who are violent It is men who are violent. Um, and, and it, it is not women or children uh, statistically-wise, uh, that that are violent. Um, and I, I, I thought, you know, about how the whole stay-at-home thing, is like, yeah, that's great if you have a safe home, but women and children all over the world are having to deal with stressed-out men, let alone their own stresses and their own fights. So that really kind of, um, you know, gets me... makes me mad, makes me upset, um, and just, just send out love to those folks who are feeling it. There was a woman... In a a city here in my province, uh, who had been arrested twice. She she was COVID positive and was arrested twice uh, for being out when she was supposed to be on quarantine. And uh, turns out, um, uh, through just because this place is relatively small, through the jigs and the reels, it seems that she's in an abusive relationship. So while she's supposed to stay home to this, you know, abusive with this abusive partner, Uh, it's it's it's. It's a bit horrifying in reality. I'm proud to say that um, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has specifically got funding for the Kids Help phone to help kids who are um, under stress and need to talk to someone, and specifically funding for um, women's shelters and sexual assault centers because um, the Canadian government is quite aware of the increase um, of the uh, abuse that's happening. It's not just Canada, of course, it's worldwide. I seen two weeks ago, uh, there was a police chief of Washington, D.C., who was asked um, what he had seen, um, what difference he had, had seen since the um, COVID pandemic outbreak. And without, um, without a moment of, of even having to consider, he said there's definitely more domestic abuse. And, uh, that is some of the hard stuff, um, that we had to deal with and have compassion for. So anything you can do to help out, um, a sister in need, um, uh, and a sister who could use a little bit of support. If you are a sister who could use a little bit of support, uh, my email has been a bit wonky, but I think I got it all under control. Now, kelly at strongwomanco.com or message me on strongwomanco's uh, Facebook or Instagram and, you know, you and I could set up a zoom call and I, we could just check in. It'd be, it would be my honor to help you. And if you, if anyone who, you know, who could use that um, resource, you know, please send them my contact information. And uh, the, another thing is my husband said this yesterday and I wrote it down. He says, I feel like I'm sucked into my own vortex of scaredness. Yeah, we kind of can get into that, the vortex of scared. And that's a hard thing. It's a hard, it's a hard um, tightrope to walk. To keeping yourself informed, but not overwhelming yourself with the data. Um, so just to kind of acknowledge that we're all scared, and it's hard for all of us. If you're not scared, you're not paying attention. If you haven't cried over this, I don't know, are you even human? Uh, because this is so stressful. And if you haven't cried, oh my God, please set some time aside. And just let yourself feel um everything we're going through because we will move through this better and faster um together if we can let go of the hurt and pain that we are carrying around and then um another the last kind of thing I want to talk about the hard things is kind of the real obvious thing um and more and more stories like this are coming out uh, is people are dying all ages people are getting sick people are scared people are depressed and anxious uh, people are dealing with death alone because their, their partner had uh, died and now they're on quarantine. So, you know, there's this real hard, hard things we have to, to do. Um, and if you are in a situation where you are quarantined or you are dealing with someone who has been um, infected with the virus or uh, is in the hospital or what have you, just reach out. Let people know and let people be there for you. Um, but these stories are important. These, if it wasn't for the the deaths that are occurring, we would never have the huge upheaval. We would never have this experience where we're all doing this together. Um, and I'm I, I'm not necessarily gonna say that you know oh it's I'll never say that it's worth it because um, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, but. You know, uh, as my grandmother used to say, it's a queer wind that doesn't blow some good. Um, but it's, it's, it's really hard. And I want to acknowledge anyone who's out there who've had, who are sick or who have people who are sick and dying. That is some messed up crap to have to deal with, man. And like, I'm just feeling you in my body here now. And like, I could feel, feel the pain of the world. And I know you can feel it too on some level. So let's let's take a breath for all those folks dealing with all that stress and all that death. And let them feel our love. Let them know that they are not in this alone. And that we are in this as a species, interconnected. Uh, So with that, just let me rant for a moment. on, um, just simple things that are, that are my politics. But honestly, it just, it's just, it's just what makes sense to me. Um, getting away from the bad or the good, this is just the truth. Investing in public health is a public good. Um, investing in your, your healthcare system, healthcare systems all over the world have been starved, uh, for the resources they need by neoliberalism, Uh, who's just trying to privatize the hell out of everything and I will let you in on a little secret when you privatize something every single time in history that this has occurred it always costs the user more quality goes down right? those two things happen every time you privatize something and of course it does because if you know if you're at the NHS in the UK if you have our system in Canada um, it, wherever you are, if you take a system that was ran by the government that didn't require a profit be made, and then you give it to a company that's for profit who requires a profit to be made, it's, it's just it just makes sense. Like that, it's it's a bad move. <laughs> the private industry will never do it the same level because they do not have the same priorities. Please, can we just get this through our heads? That's one thing. Um. Uh, the social distancing, I hate that term. Uh, it should be called physical distance with social connection. That is literally what we should have been saying. Social distance was a brand new term. They just made it up. It, literally no one understands it. Uh, physical distancing is what I've been calling it and will continue to call it. I encourage you to do the same thing. Physical distance with social connection. Um, this is the thing uh, that it has really been kind of, uh, a lot of people have been saying It's like, Nobody could have predicted this. Nobody, this is this is so out of left field, and and for many many people that's true. But whenever I say it's like nobody could have predicted this, except Obama. <laughs> and uh, uh, you know it's funny because um, you know when Obama spoke here in my city, of course I went to see him, and and I've thought a lot about him and a lot a lot of him, even though I have my own critiques, drones being one of them. But um, Obama. It, every talk, I remember people, especially it was, he, it was post-presidency and he was going around doing talks and stuff like that. And everyone, folks would be saying, um, what, uh, what are you most concerned about? You know, uh, what's, what's the biggest threat to the world or the, the economy or America? And every time he'd say a pandemic. And I remember thinking how odd that was. And like, you know, I was like, climate change, clearly the biggest threat. Um, but uh, of course he had data that I didn't and um, it was a numbers game and he would say he said uh, we are overdue for a global pandemic and I was like really because in our lifetimes we hadn't seen it but of course the 1918 flu which is uh, incorrectly called the Spanish flu because that it was just it was a flu that was worldwide, but it was um, first acknowledged and um, talked about and published articles about in Spain. So that's why it became called the Spanish flu. Um, it, but it's just a numbers game. because, And even to this day, the 1918 flu is still going around. Um, you know, uh, it's just we've, we've built up enough t- uh, uh, immunity to it. And there was a real great uh, conversation about Susan Rice. What a what a badass Susan Rice is! My goodness, if she's not a VP or president someday, I don't know. She's so smart, and she's just she's kind of like Hillary on Twitter now, where she's like no holds barred, and she curses, and she'll uh, just say what she thinks now. And she's like, she was the national uh, uh, national security council director. So in a podcast called Pod Save the World um, uh, that I've listened to, she explained this whole package that the Obama team did up for uh, Trump's administration um, on the reality of a pandemic. They even did like a a mock run. They went through everything uh, because they knew that it was just a numbers game. Um, that it would occur uh, particularly uh, in the U.S. having um, their privatized healthcare system where s- millions of people have literally no health care um, and so Susan Rice explained the step-by-step process they, ha- they had thought it out they had they had done the thought trills, like under the Obama administration she says for, and Susan Rice said um, if Obama had been president uh, during this He would have called in the National Response Act in January. Shutdowns would have happened in January or February, right? You would not be in this. You would not. uh, Trump is now um, boasting that if there's less than 2 million deaths in America, he would have won, right? This is is insane. And I'm sorry, I'm going to just try to calm down because that is absolutely infuriating. What do you say to that? You know, it's just, it's just like, well, take him out of power. Americans, like sisters, I know, I know, I know you're so frustrated. um, But the rest of the world is like, what are you people doing that you haven't literally, you know, I know you can't take to the streets right now, which is so fricking ironic. uh, But uh, you need to get that man out of power. You need to get him out of power really fricking soon. Uh, People are literally dying. Um, This is, in my opinion, his negligence is outright manslaughter. Uh, and, uh, uh, too many Americans will die and, you know, up here in Canada, um, we're going to have to do a hard border. Like we're going to have, it's going to get to a point where, you know, you're just, there's not enough response to the pandemic and we're doing everything we can up in Canada. We've been shut down for weeks, um, as a whole country. Uh and you know, what's the sense of us doing this if, if people if, if truck drivers and other commerce and everything is still coming in and, and, and giving it to us at high levels? So it's 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 a really hard situation uh to be in. But um, you know, I when any, anyone ever says nobody could predict this, you can tell them Obama predicted this. Um we were due at an infectious disease spread. Um so other things that boil my blood, conservatives saying grandma will be dying, to, willing to die for the economy. Oh my God, like there's so many th- things pr- wrong with that. I can't even get into it. Um, the, sh- the other things that boil my blood, the short-sighted non-scientific plans. Um, the U.S. and the U.K. The U.K. was horrible. They're like, oh, herd immunity oh, for a novel virus is just like the most obtuse, ridiculous frickin' thing. It doesn't, it's not centered in any kind of reality Uh, I, I hate when anyone ignores reality or numbers, uh, when people can die and, uh, other things that are boiling my blood is the mom guilt for me for, so now a mom guilt, dad guilt, parent guilt. Uh, so now not only are some of us, so many of us supposed to work from home. Now we're also homeschoolers. Um, so that's a whole dynamic of stress and struggle during a time when our kids are totally stressed out too. And it's been really hard on them and not seeing their friends and no more school dances and no more birthday parties. And, um, you know, it's just very hard. So, you know, I am all for eradicating mom and dad guilt over this, um, this homeschooling, whatever, man. Uh, if it's something you guys enjoy, sure. But I would not be putting pressure on myself or my child to get certain lesson plans in whenever the kids go back to school. Um, hopefully September, uh, everything will be made up it would have to be it's it's going to be fine the mo- the biggest most important thing you can do for um, your kids right now is focus on health and positivity and happy and making this as positive and and um, pleasure-filled uh, within reason of course as possible so throw that mom that guilt out the window and I'm just gonna end on this before I bring in the, um, the song of the day this is for all my nurses, doctors, and frontline worker listeners. This is specifically for you. Um, I have been a workers' right advocate for a very long time. I was a union organizer uh, because I saw folks have to work without proper safety and uh, gear. Uh, also, uh, you know, it made me angry that Different people from different nationalities were getting treated differently at my university. So, you know, I I am a huge fairness kind of um, person, but also safety. And uh, this is a something I um, wrote uh, in a personal post. I, I think I might put it on the Strong Women Code Biz page. This is this is me. I say to all my nurse, doctor, and frontline worker friends, this is for you. As a longtime workers' rights advocate, I sincerely believe that no one should lose their lives for their job, ever. Don't do risky things. You don't have to sacrifice yourself for this outbreak. Nurses and doctors take decades, decades to make. So read this article and take it to heart. I'll just read you a little excerpt from this article, which is from um, a a head nurse uh, of an Ebola outbreak in um, in Africa in uh, this few years ago. This is the quote. During the Ebola outbreak, people were dying, but at no point did we rush in. We took the 10 minutes to put on our PPE with our spotter. If we didn't have the proper PPE, we did not go in. There is no emergency in a pandemic. You may work in long-term care and want to rush in to save a patient you have had for years. Do not go in without your PPE. There is no emergency in a pandemic. You may have a survivor in the room screaming at you to come in because their mother is crashing. Do not go in without your PPE. There is no emergency in a pandemic. You may have an infected woman in labor screaming for help. Do not go in without your PPE. There is no emergency in a pandemic. You may have a self quarantined patient with a gunshot wound who is bleeding out. Do not go in there without your PPE. There is no emergency in a pandemic. Doing nothing may be the hardest thing you've ever had to do in your life. Many of you say, I could never do that. I wouldn't be able to stop myself from rushing in and saving my patient. Liberian nurses and doctors said the same thing, and many did run in to help saying, PPE be damned, my patients need me. Then they became infected. They infected others, and they died. They didn't help anyone after that. So as a workers' rights advocate, I see this just like you're being asked to go on a construction site or go offshore, or do something um, that is very high risk without your personal protective equipment. You wouldn't go uh, work on a a roof without your your being tied on. You wouldn't go to a site without your hard hat. You wouldn't be working, you know, welding without your your proper mask. Um, We need to treat these workers just like that. And we need you to treat yourself like that. And if if your hospital doesn't have the PPE, you can not go to work, and I know that's a whole series of other things, but we need you to stay alive. We need you to stay healthy because we cannot have a whole generation, multi-generations of nurses and doctors get sick and die. We can't. Who will, who will take care of us then? So to my nurses, my doctors, the people in old age homes, the folks who are, who are on the front lines doing this, the, the custodians, the janitorial service, the people who clean the machines, the lab techs, the radiologists, don't do anything without your PPE. I got goosebumps even just saying this right now. You are too important. You are too crucial. Your life is worth more than just rushing in and not protecting yourself. So if 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 that gets through to one person, I will that I'm be so happy. But we have to remember, nurses, doctors, everyone else, we are in this together. So so that nurses and doctors don't have to run in or make the impossible Sophie's choice decision here to to to, to save lives and put themselves in risk or not, we need to stay home. We need to respect Uh, Self-isolation. We need to respect the once a week for groceries thing. We need to respect all of that and remember that we are all in this together and that We can get through this together. We can be better for it. We can manage our our resources better. We can we can uh, Interact together. We can plan for things together and we don't need an alien coming from the sky to do it we can use this opportunity this crisis to, to help our future, to realign our path towards a world where we take care of each other more, where we um, have, have better health care, where we pay you know our medical researchers what they should be paid, uh, where we, we have a more equitable uh, sharing of resources and, and leisure time and all of these things that are important to uh, our human experience. And we can do it together. We are doing it together because we are all in this together.
0: Yay!
1: And now for our featured song of the podcast. Uh, I searched and searched wanting to get a song that was connected to the thought that we we're all in this together. And then uh, I found this one, of course, from Florence and the Machine. It's You've Got the Love. And uh, it was something that was like, of course, yes, absolutely. The song was, uh, I had a bit of a spiritual moment when I was pregnant. And I kind of realized that um, uh, the universe loved me a lot. (laughs) And that's what I was feeling. And I remember this one day, I was listening to the words of the song. And I felt like the universe was singing it to me. And it made my heart fill with love, and I was just radiant and joyful and just so happy uh, to be reminded that I had the love to see the universe through, just like the universe has the love to to see me through. And uh, you can look at it from that perspective when you hear these words. Um, You can think about the universe singing this to you. You can think about your brothers and sisters in this world singing this to you. Uh, And just looking up the song, to do a little intro on uh, God Love Florence, uh, she said, and this is a cover, which I did not know, uh, she said, as a kid going to clubs and raves, this song made me feel love. Uh, at this festival last year, we were at the top of the bill of the stage, we were thinking of an amazing cover we could do, and then we thought of Candy Stanton, who's the original. Uh, even in rehearsals playing it, it was just the most euphoric feeling. Then playing it live and seeing everyone's faces, arms in the air, and the faces. It was the best thing ever. I was dressed as a genie sea monster. And I remember looking at my guitarist as we played the first chords. And then there was this reaction. And it was like tearing ourselves open and just exploding on the crowd. And then they all did it back to us. It's a feeling you couldn't express. I'm really excited that now in our live shows, I'm going to be playing one of my favorite songs ever, Loads. (laughs) So this is You've Got the Love, released in 2009 by Florence and the Machine, because I want to remind you that you've got the love to see us through. And it's that love that we have together, now I'm crying, that is going to see us through. We got to focus on the good, focus on what we can control, let ourselves feel the feelings and remind ourselves that we are all in this together.
0: Sometimes I feel like throw my hands up in the air. I know I can count on you. Sometimes I feel like saying, Lord, I just don't care. But you've got the love I need to see me through. Sometimes it seems the road is just too old